Welcome, guys and gals, to the Man Talk Show. I'm Connor Beaton, and today on this week's midweek mini episode, we're going to talk about why people self sabotage and what to do with your self sabotaging patterns. Now, before I dive straight into this, just a quick reminder that we have an incredible men's weekend coming up at the uh, end of May that I'll be leading in Western Canada on the Sunshine Coast. We've rented out a beautiful location. And I'll be leading a men's retreat for guys who are looking to develop a deeper sense of purpose, uh, work on improving their relationship with their partner, and who are looking to do some deep inner work around a group of men, a group of like-minded men who are going to be going through the process with you. So we'll be out in nature doing some hikes. Uh, There's a beautiful fireplace and lake to jump in and sauna on the property. Uh, and it is completely secluded out in nature. So if you're interested in that, go to mantox.com and check out the men's weekend there. And feel free to apply and jump on a call with me to see if it's a good fit. So uh, with that said, let's dive straight into this incredible topic. I've had a lot of people ask me about self-sabotage and they say, when I sabotage, why do I do it? Why do I continue to sabotage? I know I know that it continues to happen. I see what the you know what the pattern is, but why do I continue to do it even when I know what it is? So I'm going to give you a few reasons why people sabotage, and then we're going to go into what to do uh, when that sabotaging pattern shows up. So the first and probably most obvious reason is for self worth. A lot of people feel undeserving of success or happiness. And in an ironic twist, some of the most driven people often strive to work hard and aim high because they they feel like they need to make up for some sense of self-imposed sense of inadequacy. But when they actually succeed or reach the goal or or their work turns into, you know, good things and yields some good results, whether it's, you know, a material benefit or increase in status of some sort or power, they make the situation worse for themselves. And why is that? Well, we're going to get into that after. Um, so oftentimes, especially with this one, with the self-worth, it's, it's because usually in the past, uh, they've been told or shown that they aren't good enough or that they're not smart enough or fast enough or strong enough or whatever it is. On some level, some part of their identity has been uh, tied up with or interconnected with the the idea uh, that they're not good enough. The second reason is control. It, It just feels better to control your own failure rather than face the possibility of it of it completely blindsiding you and taking you by surprise. And I think that, you know, um, I see this actually in a lot of guys that are incredibly analytical, that are, you know, worried that they will be hurt in a relationship or worried that they're going to fail their their wife or worried that they're going to fail their family. Uh, and so instead, on, on some level, they end up sabotaging themselves merely because it, it allows them to be in the control of the sabotage, of the failure. So self-sabotage might not be pretty, but it's better than spinning out of control, for example. So for a lot of people that are perfectionists and control freaks, uh, and I I don't say that in a shaming way, but rather in a in a in a more like joking way, because we all know if we're if we're that type of person, if we're the the overly bearing, overly controlling person. Um, it's it's oftentimes better for us and some part of our psyche to control the sabotage and the failure than to have it be um, from a circumstance that we have zero control over. Because then at least 
when you're steering the ship into the rocks and going down in flames is is a is more like a well-maintained burn rather than something that came out of nowhere that you can't you know uh control or or predict the third one is perceived fraudulence this is another way of saying imposter syndrome so as the bar continues to rise you know you're promoted to a new position or you obtain some higher level of education or you get into the relationship with the guy or you know, the man or the woman that that you just like idolize and you think is quote unquote too good to be true or too good for you. Uh, the the further that you f- fear actually falling and and usually the anxiety starts to build up because you believe on some level that it's inevitably going to come crashing down and that you're going to you're going to uh, basically sabotage that because you're an imposter or that somebody will find out that you're an imposter. And the fourth one is for a handy scapegoat. Like a, we oftentimes, you know, if, if things aren't uh, resolved or, or even when they, they aren't resolved because, you know, that's the only option, uh, we can blame the action instead of ourselves. We can blame the, the thing that's happening, the sabotage, rather than taking accountability for ourselves. So this might sound something like, of course she left me. I was, I was never around. Or, of course I failed the class. I, I barely studied any exams. Or, you know, while these reasons may be true, while those reasons are actually true, they are oftentimes more, more frivolous and easier to come to terms with uh, and, and, and actually take and swallow in some way than the deeper reasons that we believe to be true right? Another version of this is, of course, she left me. I'm not worthy of love, right? So these, these types, of, these types of, of sayings are oftentimes making the action or, or something external um, the, the, the scapegoat or, or some belief the scapegoat, and, and that can lead to sabotage. Number five is familiarity. And, you know, this is, <laughs> this is one is kind of funny because, you know, a lot of people aim to be consistent and some people are very consistent in their sabotage. <laughs> and I, I know times in my life where I have been incredibly consistent in, in nothing but sabotaging. So I, I've, I know this one to be very true. You see, we often tend to choose consistency over our own contentment. And we often choose consistency over change because consistency we know, consistency we can predict, consistency we can control and we can expect and we know the outcome. And even if it's the outcome that we don't want, it can sometimes be the outcome that we crave simply because change and what's on the other side of the unfamiliar, what's on that side of the court is absolutely terrifying, especially if we love control. So oftentimes people in this category, they've, they've been there for a long time. And, and while they may not be happy, um, they, they know, they know what to expect. And so there's some level of comfort when it comes to the familiarity of self-sabotage. Now, the last one is interesting. It's, it's just boredom, you know, it's just pure boredom. And I see this happen to a lot of men and women who get to a place in their life where they have that consistency in success and they have that consistency in a good life. You know, they've got a great relationship, they've got a good family or a good job, they've got good friend circles around them and and things seem to be going good. They're not great. Um, You know, maybe something's missing and they maybe feel like they've fallen into this sense of mediocrity and this sense of, of complacency and stagnation. And usually it's in that place that boredom will start to set in. 
And for whatever reason, this is a, a place that sabotage can enter into and seem very appealing because it's from that place of stagnation that the draw, the sort of gravitational pull of rock bottom starts to set in. And it's where we feel it the strongest, right? It's where we feel it the strongest. When we, when we come to a place in our lives where we, where we have good things and maybe they're not great, they, they might be mediocre or we're, we're settling in some way, that's when the gravitational pull of rock bottom really sets in. So the question probably is, uh, what do we do? You know, <laughs> what do we do with all this? And, you know, I didn't really go into the psychological reasons for this or, you know, the, the, the wounding or the upbringing part of this because that, that kind of gets into some, some very deep and much broader conversations. But the reality is, is that a lot of people that have sabotage mechanisms that are very strong in their life, they're often there because um, sometimes because of past trauma, right? Maybe because of um, sexual abuse or verbal abuse or physical abuse um, or, or because of some traumatic experience that left that person feeling like they weren't worthy of great love or good success or whatever that is. So oftentimes it can be a traumatic experience from the past or a traumatic experience that they feel is going to happen in the future. So I didn't get too, too much into that. But if you're one of the people that struggles from sabotage, you can look at that for yourself. And, and what I would suggest is to uh, get a coach or a therapist or a psychologist and, and work with them through this. This is one of the areas that I work a lot with, with one-on-one clients around to help them move through their own sabotage patterns. So what do we do? Well, first, the very first thing is to identify the pattern identify the pattern and and really start to see which category did you fall into is it self-worth is it control is it is it imposter syndrome is it you know are you looking just looking for a scapegoat sort of outside of you wanting to own it is it familiarity is it just something that you know and feel comfortable with or is it just because you've reached this place of of stagnation and you're bored and you want to sabotage but notice the pattern how does your sabotage show up what does it show up in is it only in your relationship is it in your career is it in your finances and your money or in your health and wellness where does that pattern show up secondly understand the pain wound or insecurity start to understand what has been the causality of that need or that sense to sabotage what came before it what led to it? What's its origin story? One of the things that I get my clients to do sometimes is once they've identified the pattern of their sabotage is to label it and write out the origin story of their sabotage. And sometimes that is very clear for some people and for other people, it's not very clear. So again, uh, if it's not super clear, um, you know, maybe reach out and, and do some work with someone. Uh, number three is insert countermeasures. Now, what this means is once you've identified the pattern and you understand the wound or the insecurity that triggers that sabotage, put in some countermeasures. So this means how do you act and respond when the sabotage is identified, when you know that you're about to sabotage, whether it's in your relationship or financially or in your career, and you can see that pattern is just about to happen and you're, and you're just about to make you know, the error or the mistake to sabotage again, have a countermeasure. And that countermeasure can, you know, it just really depends. Again, you'll want to work with someone on this, but it really depends on on what area it's in, whether it's in your relationship or uh, uh, whatnot. Usually with things like uh, infidelity, I often recommend reaching out and, and connecting with someone. And, and that brings me to the next one, which is get accountable. So what that means is have somebody in your corner that you can connect with, that you can share 
all of this with and be accountable to. And you can say, hey, my sabotage patterns are flaring up right now and I'm wanting to go out. And you can see this this structure actually working really well in systems like AA, right? Like they have partners to go through that with so that when they want to relapse, when they want to sabotage again, even out of instinct, out of like sort of a natural reaction, they have someone that they can call. And the reality is, is that all of us need that type of accountability when it comes to dealing with our patterns of sabotage. So finding someone who can do that with you is incredibly important. And this is where you know I strongly recommend finding a coach or a group of some sort uh, where you have that accountability built in. And um, if you ever are, are looking for a coach, I would uh, obviously I'm gonna you know shamelessly plug myself. So if you're looking for someone to work with and do some one-on-one work with, then definitely uh, reach out and, and hit me up. And if you're looking for a group to work with, check out the Alliance because uh, it's a great group where you can get some accountability. Now the last thing that I want to leave you with is just a question. And that question is fairly simple so that when these moments come up for you and you're struggling to know whether or not you should act or whether you're about to sabotage yourself, ask yourself the question, is what I'm about to do for my highest future good? Is what I'm about to do for my highest future good? And right there, you'll probably know that it's, you know, the answer is like, yep, this is a clear yes, or it's a no, and it's a hard no, or it's, I'm not really too sure. And if it's an, I'm not really too sure, it probably means that you need to pause a little bit and do some contemplation and ask some questions to get clarity. Uh, maybe ask friends, maybe ask family, but but to really sort of ask around and see is this is this for my for my highest good. So thanks so much for tuning in today to this episode. Don't forget to share it with uh, just one person. Man it forward with just one person uh, as everybody deals with self-sabotage. So if you have a partner, definitely share this episode with them. Share it with your friends. And until next week, this is Connor Beaton signing off.